blood of Jesus does speak. Most of the time we're not listening. When Cain rose up and slew his brother Abel, that was the first main sin after Adam and Eve fell. They had uh, Cain and Abel. And Cain slew his brother Abel. He was jealous that God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's. And Cain slew Abel, and the Lord approached Cain and said, Where is thy brother? He said, Am I my, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, Cain, there's something different about you. There's something uh, strange. This is not how I made you. Uh, the Bible says, God told him, said, Cain, that the countenance is fallen. Cain's countenance winded up with his head down. He felt like he failed. He felt like he was uh, a loser in life. He felt that he died, although he was still alive. Now, at this point, sin had passed upon them already from birth. The Bible says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all, every man, for that all have sinned. We all have sin uh, within our DNA. You cannot escape it. Oh, I try to talk with people, and they, they try to defend why they're not a sinner. And it, that's the first uh, defense. Amen, is to defend our own sin, make it as if it's not sin. Uh, but the Bible says, if, if any man say they have no sin, he is a liar, and the truth is not in him. We are all sinners. Sin doesn't come from with what you did. Sin comes from within you. Jesus said, from out of your heart proceedeth all these evil things. And even if you try to withhold yourself from sinning, you're still a sinner. You are the sinner. I am the sinner. It's not because we have sinned. It's because we are the sinner. But Jesus came to seek and to save, amen, the sinners. Amen. He came to save sinners, whom I am chief, the Bible says. Amen. And this church is for sinners. Uh, if you're in here today, you're a sinner, and this is where you belong. Uh, some people uh, think they have to come and, and get things right before they come to church or make things perfect in their life. Friend, you can never make things perfect. You can never make things right uh, because you carry the sin within you, and you carry it around the rest of your life because you are the sinner. But God said, Cain, thy countenance is fallen, and thy brother's blood crieth from the ground. It cried vengeance. It cried, uh, save me. My brother killed me. But the Bible says Jesus' blood speaks better things than of Cain and Abel. It speaks better the blood of Christ from heaven. It's not in the ground. The Bible says it's in the altar in the, uh, in heaven, in the true temple in heaven, the Bible says, in the labor where his blood is, and it speaks for us. Every sin that you've committed, every sin that is within you in your heart, every sin that is in the past, every sin that is of today, every sin that is of tomorrow, it speaks against it, and it speaks for you. God told Cain, Cain, thy countenance is fallen but I'm here. And God tried to make amends. And he said, if, if you do right, but if not, sin lieth at the door. And we all have a choice today to turn to God and, and hear his voice as he speaks to you. You don't have to listen to me. 
Open your heart and hear God speak right to your heart. God is alive. He rose from the dead. And he speaks. And his blood speaks. And it speaks against your sin, but it speaks for you on your behalf. What sin had destroyed, Jesus came to save. What sin hath uh, torn down, Jesus came to rebuild and to lift your head up once again. So no more you walk around and say, I'm, I've done wrong, I'm a, I'm a sinner, I'm no good, I'm a failure in this life. Jesus said, lift up your head. Lift up thine eyes, from whence cometh thy help. My help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and who made earth. In Matthew, let's all stand, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, if you don't have a Bible today, uh, there's Bibles in the pews. We are a King James only church. Amen. We hold the word of God very highly here as God says he magnifies his word above his own name. Amen. Amen. The word of God is the only thing we have that uh, links us to him and his, uh, who he is. And it's important to know the word of God, to read the word of God, to have the word of God. And the word of God is perfect. It's uh, 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 without error, there's not one word or not one letter, a part of a letter, uh, the Bible says that God didn't preserve for us. And if you can hold, you can, if you have the word of God in your hand right now, you can hold it in your hand and say, this is truth. This is truth. I can put my life in it. I can trust in it. Uh, it'll never let me down. The Bible says in verse 21, uh, and talking about Mary, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save them from their sins. Oh, what a great Savior we have. Amen. And finally, one has come to save us. Who are his people? All creation, all, every human being ever born, every person that broke forth the womb. The Bible says that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even inside the womb, the Bible says, everyone who God gave a soul to is his people. For God gave them the soul, and he made them, and we are his people. And the Bible says he shall save his people from their sins. Let's pray. Father, bless this service, Father. We dedicate this time to you. Lord, I pray for the children downstairs also. Open their hearts, Lord, and, and uh, protect us. Lord, protect our, our, our lives, our families. Lord, protect our marriages. Protect our men, Lord. Help our men to be men. Lord, protect our women. Help our women to be women, Lord. Lord, protect our children. Let them enjoy their childhood, Father. Lord, I pray that you bless this place. Bless your people. Lord, that we come to you now asking for help in our time of need. Lord, we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Strengthen us now, I pray. Bless this message, Lord. Bless your word as it goes forth. Let it not return void unto yourself. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 You may be seated. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Uh, this is not the Christmas message, amen, but this is a Resurrection Sunday message. He shall save his people from their sins. Uh, when the Lord was born, they, they didn't know, uh, they didn't expect that this, uh, everything that took place, would, that's what it would have took when he shall save his peop the people from their sins. 
Um, they didn't know how uh, far it would have gone that he would have to suffer like he did and have to uh, bear on, uh, in his own body uh, our sins and took it upon the cross, amen? And he took that law and he nailed it to the cross, everything that was against us. He took that to the cross and nailed it to the cross and took it to the grave with him uh, for you and me. If you uh, are like me, I need some help today, amen? I need a Savior. Uh, we all need a Savior. Uh, but the Bible says they that don't believe they need a Savior, they're not going to find the help they need. Uh, but those that know they're sick and that know that they need a doctor or a physician, they will come and get the help they need. And I pray that you can come to Jesus today and that he will help you. He's the only one that can help you. He's the only true uh, counselor. He's the only true uh, one that's wonderful. He's the, the Bible says his name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If you need uh, some peace in your, in your heart today, uh, he's the Prince of Peace. If you need some uh, peace in your mind today, he's the Prince of Peace, amen? If your thoughts are, are disturbed or they're spinning and your, your mind is, is, is turning and you don't know where to go and you're living in a, a, a world of anxiety or depression or uh, maybe you're living in a, a what if this happens, what if the stock market collapses, or what if my, the housing market collapses, or what if uh, all these things happen, that's called the what if world. That's not reality. The reality is that Jesus Christ loves us and he came to die for us on that cross to take away our sins and to save us from our sins. All those things will bring you down. Uh, we try to escape our sin by maybe adding more sin to it. The most simple example is the only way to cover up a lie is to tell, to tell another lie, right? And the only way to cover up the sins of our past uh, is to maybe do more sin, pleasure. Why we think we can't escape it. So we just dive more. What's, what's the hope? This is who I am. Just let me live my life the way I want to live it. So you dive deeper and deeper into the filth of this world and in, into the um, muck and mire of our heart. Uh, me and my family, we, were, we went to Cape Cod uh, for a couple days, and I went uh, scuba diving. I like going scuba diving. Any scuba divers here? Brother Bernie, a scuba diver? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I'm in, uh, I, went, I went to Cape Cod, and my, my family's on the shore, and uh, I, went, I jumped in. I jumped in. And that, that, that water was so um, muddy you couldn't see anything. So I'm going down. I'm going down and down and down. I didn't see anything. All of a sudden, I hit that bottom. And there was these big spider crabs. When I hit that bottom, I couldn't see them. But when I got closer and closer, that's when I seen them. And you know what those things did? They put up their claws like this. Those claws underwater, they look, those claws look like they're big like that. And they were trying to get me, and pull me, pull me, and eat me. And uh, so I tried to escape, and uh, I turned around, and there was another big one looking right at me with those little eyes. And I, I couldn't escape them. So uh, I, I hovered up above them a little bit more, just to where their claws were just hitting my, my wetsuit. And so I was able to enjoy. But you don't know what's deep down in there, amen? Uh, like that ocean floor, I couldn't see them. When you go to like the South Florida, Puerto Rico area, you, you can see way deep down. But up here, the, the water is not clear, and you, you don't see. And you know, we don't see our heart how it is. But the deeper you go, there's sometimes I spend time with the Lord, and uh, all, all these all these things will start rising to my mind. 
uh, maybe bad thoughts and, 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 and wicked thoughts and, and, and stress. And I say, why, why Lord, um, are, are these things coming in my mind right now? I can't even get any peace. And he reminds me, uh, first I'd say, you know what, the devil's attacking me right now, trying to get me from reading the Word of God. But the Lord reminds me, no, it's the Word of God that is bringing these things out in my heart, and they're coming out to the surface. You see, we, we always want to blame. Blame the devil. He's the one. He truly is the one. But friend, deep down inside, I got the same sins as the devil has. That pride that he rose up above God. That perversion, that filth, that murder, that hatred, the lies. Every wicked thing is deep down in this man's heart right here. Because I got the same sinful heart that he has, and I got the same sinful heart that you have. But Jesus came to save, amen, to save us from our sins. We don't have to have our heads down. The Bible says uh, that my iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am unable to look up. Friends, if you're walking around, your head down today, if your countenance is falling, if you think you have no hope, nowhere to go, if you don't have a purpose to live, uh, friend, Christ came to save, amen, and to lift your head up and to look you in the eyes and let him tell you that he loves you. Let him tell you that there's hope. If you think you failed as maybe a mother or a father, or you failed in life, you ha Jesus has won the victory for you in your place. You can have your head held up. And he'll tell you that it's okay, that he's here. Jesus is here. He's alive. He's speaking to your heart. The Bible says, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Amen. I stand at that door of your heart and I knock. If any man, if any woman... If any child will hear my voice, if they hear, you have to hear the voice of Christ. Not my voice, not the world's voice, but the voice of the Lord, of the dying Lord Jesus, the one who rose from the dead. He speaks, and he speaks to our hearts right now. If any man will open the door, he said, I will come in. And I will sup with him, and he with me. You say, if I let Jesus in, he's going to take away my life. No, he's going to give you life. If I let Jesus in, he's going to take my belongings. He's going to make me uh, take my time. He's going to make me go to church. going to make me live right. No, he's going to give you life. Amen. He's not come to take. He's come to give. He's the giver of our soul, the one that makes us whole. That's our God, our Savior. You know, it was very important that the Lord, I want to take a little swing here, to, very important that the Lord, I know we have a lot of uh, Good Friday um, fanatics out there, but it was very important uh, for the Lord to spend three days and three nights in the grave. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says that Jesus arose on the first day of the week. I'm sorry to tell you this, but Good Friday is not real. Amen? Uh, the Lord didn't die on a Friday, uh, he spent three days and three nights 
in the belly of the earth, the Bible says, just as Jonah uh, spent three nights and three nights, uh, three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. And he spent three days and three nights in that grave. Amen. And he arose again on the first day of the week. And it was very important. Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. Uh, verse 63, and I got a reason why I'm telling you this, not just to uh, uh, stomp, uh, stomp on your uh, Good Friday uh, joy, uh, but uh, the, the world has been trying to steal away this uh, since the very beginning uh, that the Lord uh, was in the grave. The Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 63, <clears throat> Matthew 27, the Bible says, uh, this was the religious leaders uh, verse 62 says, The day following the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate. Uh, immediately after they took the body of the Lord down, uh, they put him in the tomb that was nearest them because uh, it was the, the, the Feast of Weeks. You could study all that out in the Scriptures. And the next day they came to Pilate and they said in verse 63, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver, uh, those words echo in my mind, that they believed that the Lord was a deceiver. And he was not a deceiver, amen. They just couldn't contend. Even when they delivered him up to Pilate, Pilate, the Bible says, they, Pilate knew, he read right through their, their uh, beady eyes, uh, their, their deceiving eyes. The Bible says that they're like vipers and serpents. That they, would, they would travel far. Uh, you would think they were helping out a widow, but the Bible says they travel far to take, to take the widow's properties and, and all she had. Uh, but they, they would make disciples unto themselves and not to God. Uh, but they called him a deceiver, and he, it says, and said, while he was yet alive, this is what he said, after three days I will rise again. 64 says, command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day. It was important that the Lord was in that tomb, that's what a sepulcher is, a tomb, for three days and three nights. Even the religious leaders said it. One day didn't matter. Two days didn't matter. They said, all we need, this was the next day, all we need is a guard. They said, because if something happens, the end is going to be worse than the beginning. So they, he made sure that tomb for three days and three nights on that third day. We remember that that, uh, that that deceiver said that he was going to be three days and three nights in that tomb, and he said, I will rise again. The Lord told them, and it's important that every detail in Scripture, listen to me, every detail in Scripture was fulfilled to the T. Why? Because today, if we can find one thing off with the Word of God, if we can find one eye undotted when it comes to God, it would stem unbelief. But friend, everything we do is based on this book right here. Everything we believe. And not one I is undotted, not one T uncrossed. Every word of God is pure and stands the test of time. I was witnessing to a guy. I said, listen, he was an uh, Orthodox Jew. I said, you could, uh, you don't have to prove the Bible right. I said, maybe you will be the first one to prove it wrong. Amen? We don't have to go and prove this uh, untrue. You're never going to hear um, uh, 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 in the world documentaries on why the Bible 
is true. No, they, they, have to, they, they have to try to lie against it. They have to try to prove it wrong. Go ahead. Try to prove it wrong. Spend your life. Because it's true. And the Bible says that he rose from the dead. Amen. The third day, after three days and three nights he spent in that tomb, he rose from the dead, proven he was God, proven he has life to give. I bring that out, friend, because there are people who, they don't understand the concept of three days and three nights. They say, how can, I was witnessing to a, a guy, I'm not, I'm going to tell you what uh, religious background he is of, but he said, um, you know, I, 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 I uh, love Good Friday. And I said, well, sir, I said, how, how, could, uh, how could Jesus be in the tomb for three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday? That's only uh, two days. He said, well, that means he didn't rise on the first day of the week. I said, sir, I said, no, the Bible says uh, that Jesus arose on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And he said, well, I, I like Good Friday, so I'm going to believe that he didn't rise again on the first day of the week. Amen? Well, I said, sir, well, the Bible doesn't say that he died on a Friday. It says that he rose again. So all you got to do is count backwards, and you'll find the day. It's not hard. Uh, maybe even a first grader, second grader can do it. He said, well, I'm going to still stand on Good Friday. People rather choose to listen to the Pharisees. People rather choose to listen to the religious leaders. People rather choose and be deceived and go to hell because they will not believe in truth. The Bible says it. The Bible declares truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It doesn't take much. Now, if you celebrate Good Friday, I'm not mocking you. Or, listen, all you got to know is the truth, though. Amen? That the Lord uh, spent three days and three nights in that tomb and rose again. And it was important that they knew it as well. That they seen it. He said, they said, this is a deceiver. You see, they couldn't understand. They couldn't understand why uh, they shunned the, the murderers and they shunned, the Bible says, the, the publicans and the sinners and the harlots. They pushed them away. But you had those same people that they rejected, the Pharisees, uh, flocking to the Lord Jesus Christ. You had the, the publicans coming. You had uh, uh, Matthew, the tax collector. You had uh, the harlots. You had Mary Magdalene, who was de devil-possessed. And you had all these people come to the Lord, and they left changed. They left with their heads down, or they came with their heads down, with their countenance down, and with the guilt on their shoulders and with the weight of their, their past and the sin that which either beset them, and they, but they left free and clear when they met Christ. That's the power of the Lord today. There's proof in the scriptures uh, that we have a Savior and that he has risen from the dead. There's power in the resurrection today. You know, because Christ arose, the Bible says we shall rise with him. You don't have to have your head down anymore. The Lord is alive. Amen. I spoke to him today. And you can speak to him. The Lord is alive, and he's speaking to your heart right now. And he speaks for you. There may be some times where he speaks against things in your life. You know that, right? But those things are, that he speaks against are because they hurt you. There's things in your, in your life that he might speak against because it may be destroying you. You say, God can't take these things out of my life. He wants to because it's hurting you. He is your creator. The Bible says that uh, 
Jesus, he created all things, and by him all things consist. He holds all power and glory. He holds the sun, the moon, and stars in his hand. All governments, principalities, and powers will bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Philippians 2.11 says that every knee should bow at the name of Jesus. That's our Savior. He's alive, and he has power. The resurrection, it took power. The Bible says in the book of Hosea, if you want to turn there, Hosea chapter 13, 1 Corinthians says, O death, where is thy sting? We all have a fear of death. I'm going to close. We all have a fear of death. I used to not think, I, I'm not afraid to die. I gave that story one time. I was wor- working on, I was on a roof, I was working, and I, uh, I w- you never walk backwards towards the edge. <laughs> but do you, do you know, I, I uh, walked to the edge of the roof, and I took another step back, and I was going overboard, and I was falling off, and there was like a concrete thing there, and, and I was going to be a goner. But do you know, as I was falling, I was already, you know, on that 45-degree angle off the roof. I just went like this. And there was this little branch from a tree that was in the neighbor's yard. It was stemming over. And that thing, I don't know how it held 300 pounds, but it did. And I grabbed that thing with my fingertips. I was going to be a goner. It was like the Lord's finger. Amen? <laughs> Grabbing, I, I, was, I grabbed that thing. But... Did I have fear then? My heart was, I almost died just from going through that situation. My heart was pumping. You don't have a fear of death? We all do. You get a close encounter with death. Death is our enemy. And one day we shall all face him. And the reason why the Lord went to the tomb for three days and three nights is because he faced death for all of us. Anyone that is in Christ Jesus shall never die. You say, I'll physically die. Well, he didn't save your physical. He saved your soul. Amen? Amen. You say, I don't believe that salvation is so simple. Salvation is very simple. The Bible says that he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life, and the wrath of God abideth on him. It says nothing else about works, church, Reading your Bible, being a good person, all that stuff, nothing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, in the name of Jesus, shall have everlasting life. Salvation is very simple. There's people who don't believe in the simplicity of salvation. Believe in the simplicity of death then. Jump off a cliff. See how easy it is to die. Death is very simple. When you see someone laying flat out, when you visit somebody in the hospital, they took their last breath. Death is very simple. And Jesus made eternal life just as simple. Why? Because he is our life. God has given us the signs within our own selves. Look in the mirror. You know you have a soul today. You know you have sin that's on your account. I spoke to a man. I said, 
He said, well, I don't, I don't really believe in, in, in God. He said, as long as I just do good to others as, as I want to be treated as well, he said. He, he gave some scenario, uh, saying like that. And I said, well, well, I said, what about all your sins that you're carrying around that nobody knows about? As if I knew what those were. But I know we all got them. I said, what are you going to do with them? You have sins today that nobody knows about. And why do you feel guilty about it? Who is he that judgeth you? It's the righteous judge of all the earth. And why do you feel like that? That's your soul. That's your soul condemning you. Look into the mirror and see that you have a soul and that it needs a savior. And Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to save sinners. He came to save you. And you don't have to have your head down anymore. You don't have to walk through this life barren and desolate and empty and depressed and with nowhere to go. You've come to meet the Lord right now and he's knocking at the door of your heart. Open your eyes and hear his voice. And he said, come, come, I'll save you. Just open the heart of your door. Open the door and I'll come in. And I'll lift your head up and look you right in the eye. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 13, the Bible says in verse 14, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. God says, I'm going to meet death right where it's at. And he did in the grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? He met death eye to eye. And he said, death, you mess with my people. You're going to mess with me now. Amen? Amen. Anything that is against you, the Bible says he nailed it to the cross. And when you mess with God's people, you mess with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Matthew 1 was saying. And he shall bring, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We have a Savior today, amen? And he arose from the grave. And whatever struggles you have, Jesus is going to meet it eye to eye, amen? Because he wants to look you right in the face. Whatever's weighing you down, whatever is bringing your head down like this and the sorrow that's filling your heart, Jesus has come to save you. He's come to grip you up and to lift your head up and say, you can now live through me because I am the Savior. I give you life. There's hope in the resurrection today. The payment of, his res of, of the resurrection was himself. The Bible says, that his, on his hands and on his feet, he will forever have those nail prints. We read the verse in John. I'm going to close. He told Mary, Mary, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended. The Bible says he arose, walked around for a little bit, and then after that he ascended. Then he later appeared with his glorified body. That's when he told Thomas, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and thrust it into my side. Reach with thy finger, thrust it into my, the holes of my hands and my feet. He received his glorified body. Do you understand that? That forever and ever and ever, he took upon our, himself our sins, 
Forever and ever and ever, he's going to sit on his throne as king of kings and lord of lords, alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. But he will forever and ever and ever and ever have those nail prints in his hands, the thorns on his brow, the pierced side and the hole in his feet for me and for you. What the Lord took upon himself, he took upon it for all eternity, that he may have us for all eternity. And the Bible says that our names are graven upon his hands. Our names are graven upon his feet. Those pierced hands are you and me forever and ever and ever. And for the joy set before him, the Bible says he endured that cross. We are his joy. That's what that verse means. When he thinks of even an opportunity that you might even get up and pray to him, when he even thinks about maybe, maybe they'll come to church and sing about me. I'll go to the cross. Maybe they'll turn their heart to me. Maybe this person will get saved so they don't have to go to hell. I'll do it. I'm not just going to do it for some. I'm going to do it for every single man, woman, and child that's ever born. And he did. He died. He spent three days and three nights in that tomb. And then he rose again with power and majesty and is set at the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for me and you. For he shall save his people from their sins. The payment was himself, that he might purchase to himself a glorious possession, unspotted from the world. Friend, if you don't have Christ this morning, he wants you badly. He died for you to have you. The Bible says that you don't have to go to hell. There is a place called hell. I was talking to somebody who said, I don't believe that. If God is so loving, then why would he send somebody to hell? Oh, he's done everything he could to keep you out. But he can't make you believe. We are created in his image with a free will and a heart. And the only way out is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it takes a heart to humble itself and turn to the living God and believe that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, that he came from heaven, was born in flesh, just to live and die as the perfect sacrifice, fulfilled all the word of God to make it impossible not to believe. The more you dig in, you'll see this is true. Not just because somebody said it, because it's probability-wise impossible, mathematically-wise impossible, historically-wise impossible, scientifically-wise impossible. In every way, God made it impossible not to believe, to let you know that if you don't believe, it's just because you do not want to believe. And you will have to, for the rest of your life, convince yourself that you're okay without God and that you don't need a Savior. And that one day you will stand before God. The Bible says, and every uh, death and hell were taken up and they will stand before the white throne, great white throne of judgment. And the books will be open, And every word and every sin will be judged. And those that were not found written in the Lamb's book of life 
the precious blood of the Lamb, the precious Lamb of God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, in his book, those that were not found written in that book were cast in a lake of fire which burneth forever and ever and ever, which is the second death. For that is real. The Bible gives an account of a man, one man. I'm going to close. One man. The Bible says he fared sumptuously. He had everything in his life. Everything he wanted. And he was too good to need God. And everybody around him Everybody praised him. And one day he died. And immediately, immediately, while his body was still warm, while his heart was still pumping on this earth, he opened up his eyes in hell being in torments, screaming out, oh God, help me, save me from this torture, from this, from this pain, from this agony. What could God do at that point? It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. God has warned us and warned us and warned us and warned us. If you don't think life is precious, if you're not counting your days like the Bible says, you are just another fool that's going to lead. Live your life and waste your days, and then in the end, Judgment awaits you. But Jesus has come, and he's knocking, and he's trying to save every single one of us. And the Bible says that if you'd open your heart and hear his voice, every head bowed, every eye closed. On this special day, every head bowed, every eye closed, I ask you, Friend, maybe you're here today. God has to break through a lot of walls, walls of guilt, walls of pride, walls of sin to get to all of us. We're all sinners. But here's the good news. We have a Savior, one who fights for you, one who pleads for you to get saved. And if he, if he has spoke to your heart, not me, but if he has, and you feel him knocking on the door of your heart. And you know he wants you. And he does. You say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Pastor, I need to get saved. Jesus is knocking on my heart. Jesus has spoke to me. Anybody like that? Raise your hand up. I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, I need to get saved. Anybody else? I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? Pastor, I need to get saved. For all of us, listen, why walk around with our heads down any longer? We have a Savior that has come to save us from our sins. Let him take his hand and reach down and lift your head up. Let him remove the guilt of the past. Let him remove the sorrow of ourself. He has come to save you. Anyone who comes to Christ leaves changed. He's the one who gives you peace. He's the one who gives you the love that you need, that you've been craving. He is your all in all. Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart on this Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday,
I'd like to invite you down to the altar to pray. Lord, I've come to you. Altars open. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. You raised your hand for salvation. I invite you to come down to receive Christ. Say, I'm not sure if I die right now, I'd go to heaven. Maybe you're here and you don't know what the altar's for. Friend, it's for all of us. We need Christ. If God spoke to you, come on down and say, Lord, you spoke to me. I need your help. I don't want to waste my life. You see, if I come down, people, people will think I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. <laughs> if, if I come down to, and pray, people are going to think I'm really a sinner. We're all really sinners. But it's those who realize that and they're the ones that get the help. Maybe you've been walking around with your head down like Cain. Maybe your past is haunting you. You know, you don't have to do that any longer. When Jesus comes, the Bible says he lifts your head up and he purges your conscience and although you have a slight memory of all your past, you're made a new creature in Christ. And the word of God will wash you like water and the spirit of God will make you like new. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everybody. And I pray you have a blessed one. I pray that you would, throughout the day, just give God the glory. Thank him. Thank him. You know, I was, um, I, I, had, I smelled something very bad. I, I left uh, uh, some, some clam. There was a bag and there was clam juice in the car overnight. And it smelled really bad. And, but you know what it did? It, and I was driving around in my suit this morning in the clam juice and stuff. And... <laughs> I said, you know what, Lord, thank you. It's amazing how I can smell that. I was like, Lord, thank you for making us where we can smell. Because just as you can smell bad. But those things may remind me, Lord, when I see a blind person, I was like, Lord, thank you that I can see. When I smell something bad like that, Lord, thank you that I can smell. Don't forget to thank the Lord. He's been good to you. Stop worrying about everything. Thank the Lord for what he has done for you already. Enjoy who God has put in your life. Don't look for another. Enjoy what you have and enjoy this special Resurrection Sunday.
God bless you.